Welcome to Crystal Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Jenny. In today's episode, we speak about the difference between a soulmate relationship and the infamous twin flame, two spiritual concepts that actually dovetail nicely with the science of relationships. Our friend Sama, the founder of Ankbody.com, shares her personal experiences with marriage and what it means to commit spiritually to your relationships. As a reminder, Sama spent over 15 years as a professional dancer and choreographer in New York before injuries forced her to heal her body. She is certified in Pilates, the Melt Method, and holds a 500-hour yoga teacher training certificate from Ishta Yoga in New York City. Sama's online studio encourages people to find balance through the tools of Pilates, yoga, and meditation in order to cope with the inevitable daily changes life brings our way. Sama was present during the time I believe I met my twin flame. Stay tuned to hear what that experience was like for her to observe and hear how difficult it can be to listen and trust our intuition when these types of connections show up in our lives. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Sama. Welcome back. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm actually so excited that you um, were open to coming back and talking a little bit about this topic that we're doing today, because we're going to be talking about twin flames and um, all different kinds of uh, relationship dynamics coming from spiritual land. Um, And you have, you know, not only kind of professionally interacted with it, but you've been seeing me on my own particular twin flame journey, um, yes. which has been quite entertaining to say the least. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, you know, I think we're at a time where I, I am just like in my own business. I've been getting a lot of questions um, about narcissist and karmic relationships and then people wondering if they've met their twin flame. And I feel like all of that energy is being, um, kind of triggered right now for a lot of people and I know a lot of women have started to like call me asking this specific question so that's I think the reason why we're having this conversation um but before we jump right into kind of talking about twin flame um we're also still in quarantine surprise surprise and there is (laughs) a lot of couple dynamics going on in quarantine that I think all we do is see the negative in the media of like how many people want to get divorced. But I think it might be good for us to kind of talk about what quarantine might be doing well for relationships and just wondering what your thoughts and opinions are about that. Definitely. It's definitely a very interesting time for relationships. Um, I think in a lot of relationships, people are so used to being able to spend so much time away from them and have their kind of lives outside of their relationship when they come back when um, they want to or need to or choose to and share uh, some time together. But quarantine really is forcing us. You're like basically on lockdown 24-7 with your partner. And I think one of the things to remember is to keep some of the similarities of your relationship, like defining, you know, maybe someone gets the bedroom for some alone time for a while. That's something you know, my husband and I do, he'll be watching a show. I mean, probably bother him a little bit more often than he would like, to be honest, but um, kind of giving space and you have to, this time is really uh, valuable to create communication because you can't, you can hide from your emotions and ignore it. It's probably going to fester and blow up (laughs) if you do (laughs) do that. 
that way. So it's a great time to kind of communicate, to come together, to find new skills together to nurture the relationship while you find your boundaries. Like I need some alone time. Okay, let's have some together time. We still have our date night every Friday, um, even though we're having dinner together every night and together every night. But it's just... (laughs) It's just keeping that like specialness um, for us to keep it, make it feel a little different, to vary it up a little bit. And yeah, so I just think it's a, an important time to force communication because you can go down one path. You cannot communicate or you can communicate. And if you don't communicate, it's going to cause friction. If you do communicate, it can cause friction, but hopefully you can find some common ground, some common language and some the love back like why you're with this person what did you love about them uh and what did they love about you that kind of creates a little bit more harmony yeah I find it really interesting um because I know that you know a number of years ago I had a divorce a divorce practice and um I think that in general and western culture um or North America specifically I think that we get married sometimes for the wrong reason. Um, And, you know, the statistics related right now to quarantine and just relationship difficulties are indicating that there's been like this increased interest uh, in divorce. But it's also, you know, I think we're being faced with kind of trying to face our own delusions about what a marriage is supposed to look like, um, kind of in a very like boot camp style way. Um, (laughs) Because I think that we usually enter into a marriage to get our own needs met without understanding that it's supposed to be a container for kind of just growth and and expansion. And um, that perception, that shift of the reason why you choose to get married, I think, you know, changes and um, people can grow together and the perception shifts. But I think the majority of people just um, are, have not gotten there and just kind of their adult development. And I think that's kind of fueling uh, um, the conflict and the inability to kind of sit and realize that we have to learn um, new relationship skills uh, at this point in time. Um, and I don't know if you have thoughts about that. Um. Definitely. Uh, I think, I mean, let's be honest, I'm, I'm, marriage is hard and um, really good marriages are hard. Uh, it's definitely, it's not, I think in North American culture, Western culture, uh, we have this idea of this ideal um, that you find your person and then like, yes, there'll be problems, but it'll like kind of magically work itself out. Uh, you have, I think, we're fed fairy tale ideals and ideas. And then with our social media life, you see all the good of people's lives and you're not seeing what happened last night. You're not seeing what their, what their fight was about. Um, and it's not to shame or make anyone feel bad. Like, it's just people fight. And if you are in a marriage or a partnership of some kind, there's a lot of adapting. There's a lot of compromising. There's a lot of breathing. Um, and I don't think we're taught to fight through that enough. And I don't mean, and you know, we've spoken to this. I don't mean if you're like, we don't condone obviously any kind of domestic violence or harm to a person. So obviously if you're in that situation, go out, reach out, get the help you need, but we're not taught to fight our marriages we're taught to okay the going got too hard um i guess this isn't right this isn't my ideal partner i need to go out and find him 
let's swipe through another dating app. Let's go out all the time. Let's find someone else. Um, but the reality is you got to sit, you got to dig, you got to keep digging till you get to that bottom and then rebuild. And it happens a lot of the time you're digging down, you're rebuilding, you're digging down, you're rebuilding. And the beauty is when you can come to a place where you do that, do that without a major blow up every time where you're like, okay, you can start to check yourself and be like, I know I'm feeling this way and I'm probably putting on my story on you and you're feeling this way. I'm probably putting your story on me. So where's the truth? Both of our emotions are valid. Both how we both feel um, is totally valid, but now we need to uh, find a way to communicate that to each other without harming each other. So yeah, I think we're just not taught to fight through marriage. I think we're not taught that a good partnership has a lot of work. It is like any good uh, thing in life you work for it a good company put in a lot of work to get there a good brand you know put in a lot of work to become in uh, environmentally friendly and provide you with its service a good doctor has put in how many years of <laughs> education <laughs> you know like everything else in life shows us that you have to work for it I don't know why we don't translate that to marriage <laughs> as working for it and you kind of like go through the schooling of marriage like you start off in kindergarten and you're like I don't understand (laughs) (laughs) you go through and then you kind of have to like go through each grade sometimes you have to repeat a grade and then (laughs) you you keep moving and you know it's it's just like that and I don't think we're there's enough conversations around that for people no I mean and we don't talk about relationships in general so we don't educate children on you know friendships um or the importance of you know choosing your kind of who you're dating at a younger age in order to kind of better understand why certain situations are happening in your life and how to learn from them so that you can move on um i you know i'm hoping that you know, as Corona has now forced us to kind of face our relationships, that this might be one of the outcomes that we start to like realize that we actually need an education um, in relationships in general, or some kind of like understanding and structure um, so that we can respect the dynamics. Um, But we've definitely been living in this la-la land where we take for granted that relationships happen. And that if we are if you know we're smart enough or we have enough money or you know everything else in our life is going well then you know like our boyfriend girlfriends like should be fine <laughs> and our marriage will be great and um this kind of like magicalness of like our life will just like just happen if like if we're good enough and i think it's done a lot of a lot of damage um to both men and women but certainly um you know we've been working on kind of healing <laughs> women in the past definitely few years um so yeah. i think we're all kind of sh- like we're all struggling and now we've been locked <laughs> way together <laughs> to try to figure it out on our own realizing that we just don't have um tools right now uh absolutely and uh i mean it's, it's just so true we just don't have the tools um i'm very fortunate to have built some tools before lockdown. Um, and that's from fighting through the marriage, not fighting at the marriage, not fighting with my partner physically, but, you know, dealing with those struggles. So it gave us some tools to really prepare for our, this togetherness. <laughs> yeah. You know, I keep reading the media, especially related to um, any of the work that I, or organizations of work I used to do in the divorce world. And so I keep seeing these articles of like in China, the divorce like rate has like, skyrocketed. And the example was some woman 
wanting to divorce her husband because he is doing play playtime during the like the time the children should be getting ready to go to sleep and it's just like causing you know a whole bunch of drama um at home um, rather than sticking with a schedule during quarantine and um you know I sit there and I read that I like I have my personal reaction to it and I have my professional reaction to it and I you know and in, in, in this case they're both kind of in alignment of that is not about playing with the kids at bedtime that's something else that we're not yeah. communicating to our partner but I think that that happens a lot Absolutely. Um, and that's such a, like, a great story to bring that to light. Uh, I think women have for a long time. Also, I think because as the construct of the traditional, quote unquote, traditional family lifestyle has kind of gone out, uh, women create a lot of the container for the home, the format, the the scheduling, and this is not for every household, obviously men do this too. And sometimes there's um, both. But I think if you're in a household where you're one of the partners, whether you're male or female, and you've created the schedule, you've kept everything together, and then someone else is home, and now all of a sudden they're messing with your schedule, it feels like they're messing with with you, with all the work you've done the whole time. So it probably has something to do with that a little bit more feeling like your boundaries and your creation is being destroyed versus playing with the child at bedtime, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, I, I remember from my own childhood that this was actually a particularly ongoing argument between my parents because we used to have the, mm -hmm. my dad used to kind of rile, rile us up. Um, like right before we were going to sleep and then like he would try to raise the story but like we like we're just like playing and so like it just wasn't working and like my poor mother was always trying to calm everyone down because with that we'd be cranky the next day for not sleeping so I understand the practicality um but also yeah. in, the, in the real world like when that child grows up they don't remember you know the need to go to sleep they remember those moments that they had um, with their parent and I think that you know this like idea that like things should be done a certain way is really mm -hmm. um, kind of what the major problem is in relationships uh, in general it's, yeah yeah no absolutely it's uh, the the our idea of that perfect bubble right is constantly being messed with and more so now than uh, more most times so it's something to definitely take a look at like when we're angry about something it's like is this messing with my perfect bubble or is this really like a deal breaker for me or where you know what's really the underlying uh, situation yeah and I, I don't think we spend enough time um, or most people don't spend enough time either you know going to therapy or working on themselves or you know doing some kind of personal growth work to kind of actually have the skills to kind of step back and say, wait, wait a second, this might be my stuff. And I think that that mm -hmm. is particularly problematic right now, because if we don't do our own work, then we just end up in this like never ending cycle of repeating the same um, type of relationship over and over again. And right now we're so obsessed with the idea of narcissists that like everyone who does anything like slightly self-involved or is mean in any kind of way is not being labeled a narcissist, a narcissist. Um, <laughs> and like that's a serious that's a serious problem that's feeling like an inability to actually just sit and listen 
um, to other people. Yeah, absolutely. And this is like the time that's like the world's like you're on timeout, start listening to people. <laughs> like whether it's over a Zoom call or your partner in your apartment, like you have nothing to do but listen. Yeah. So for example, I had someone call me a couple weeks ago who wanted help to like heal from a breakup with someone she labeled as a narcissist. And we did an initial call and she's I'm like tell me what happened and she's like well we you know dated for a year but you know he like has a lot of trauma in his life and he didn't necessarily like you know want to go to therapy and then I was supposed to move someplace but like you know for the sake of the relationship I chose not to move and um and then like towards the end he just started getting like really mean and nasty and so like he's clearly narcissistic (laughs) I was like so like wait a second so you had a job offer with pay raise in another city but you decided to stay in your home your hometown because you were hoping this relationship was going to go somewhere I was like like who takes responsibility for that decision Mm -hmm. and that obviously is not what anyone wants to hear when they want to be validated that they were just in a narcissistic relationship but I brought up to her the idea that this might have been more of like a karmic relationship where Mm -hmm. she had to begin to sort out her own her own stuff instead of blame blame him and I I find that it's really difficult for people to start start that journey yeah it's really confronting um it's really it really sucks to say you're wrong or that like oh, that's my stuff from when I was a kid coming out. It really sucks to have to own up to that. But it does so much good when you can. Um, and it frees you. It ultimately just frees you. So you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it also for your, the health of your relationships. But it, it, it's hard and it sucks. It's, it's not fun. Like who likes going around walking, I was wrong. I'm bringing up my four-year-old self right now. Oh, that time? That's coming up right now. It doesn't feel good to to go back and you know dig like that but you know it's it's something we got to do if we want to grow and if we want to be happy yeah genuinely happy yeah I know I find that then we have a lot of people pleasing and then we sacrifice a lot of things to be in these so-called relationships rather than realizing especially for a karmic relationship which is you know spiritually someone who kind of comes into your life to kind of trigger your growth is just the opportunity to either say no or to set some boundaries or to set or to make the choice that you deserve something better. So it's like we get stuck on labeling these people as abusive and bad people, whether or not they are actually abusive or bad people, rather than realizing that this was our opportunity out of this crazy making cycle that we can choose to make different choices than the like women and our family. And we don't have to stay ensnared. Uh, in the drama that we can choose to like learn a lesson. Um, And I I think for the majority of people that this is not the way that they view, view relationships. And so they don't see it, which leads to really out of control um, dynamics. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, It's, 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 it's so true. It's just that, um, that ability to not, really do that work just really causes a lot of issues and uh and also the our need to blame other people like 
you know, if you just take a moment and look back at all the people you've labeled as super horrible, all those super horrible people you've dated or all those super horrible boyfriends and you go, oh, wow, well, I learned this from that. I learned this from that. Like their soul came to, like you said, trigger a, a learning, a growth. And um, we don't want to let people off the hook. And that's why <laughs> we uh, we got to hold on to, well, that person ruined my life because they did this and that person ruined my life. I'm going, oh, well, let's see what happened. And let's see where I can, what I learned from it and where I went from that. Um, we wouldn't know the things we know unless we learned them. And you can't learn them if everything is just like a nice smooth ride. That is very true. We definitely learn our most important lessons, usually in the context of suffering and pain, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, we've all been there, done that, like gone through dating history that, you know, while going through it didn't make any sense and it begins to make sense in hindsight um but in our culture we tend to have this super big obsession with the concept of um, a soulmate and then now I think we're transitioned to also having an obsession about the concept of a twin flame and they are two very different types of relationships um Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to know kind of what your thoughts on those two concepts are yeah, so those are two really big concepts, and I always kind of tend to uh, stay away sometimes from the labels because I think, like you said, we get obsessed with them, and then you want to distinguish what relationship was, and you know, and you start with the boxes. But like a soulmate, like I was looking up the definitions online today, just to I always like to go back and look at the two um, just to get clarity on what people are saying, just so I can ground back into how it aligns with me and. A soulmate is some, like a, is a partner that comes into your life, and it, it's a, it's a great partnership. Uh, there's a very you kind of like you move together in some ways. You're you're on the same wavelength. There's like a there is some kind of movement there together. It's beautiful. It's hard still. There's still the work, and I think once we start using the word soulmate, all of a sudden people again throw out the work, throw out the hard, throw out the um the 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 nitty gritty that goes along with that. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a, it's a partnership of two people that have a, a kind of like they're cut. One of the definitions on I was like cut from similar uh, energetic cloths, like from this, like a similar kind of, I don't know, matrix or something. I don't know what the, if you think of a better word to um, kind of define that. Whereas the twin flame is like the other half the completion of you and that also gets messed up a little bit because sometimes we think oh that's my perfect puzzle piece and once they come together it's just going to nicely lie flat and make that little like completion (laughs) but really (laughs) sorry I'm laughing it's so not what happens I mean I would love for you to share your like because um I haven't started talking about this and this will probably be in a later later book but you and I both believe we've met my my twin um mm-hmm. and I would love to know what your reaction was when I clearly didn't recognize it from the beginning but you happened to be there um <laughs> and I think it was very clear that he may have um recognized it right away because apparently usually one of them does and like it is someone completely not what I would have put like on my like 
checklist if someone was asking me like to do a checklist of like who my like perfect other half of my soul <laughs> was. So I don't know if you want to share a story or like, laugh about share your, <laughs> your story, laugh about your story. No, about um, like, wit- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laugh about my story, witnessing like this initial. <laughs> it was great. It was so great. Um I'll just never forget the day he beeline towards you and we're just like, hi. And you're like, hi. Um, and you didn't even realize I was there. I, and we'd already, you'd already met him and I had met him uh, once before. And you know, I was just like, hi. And he was like, oh, there's another person here. And it turns back to you, hi. So that was that. That was that. Yeah. It was, yeah, was just sitting there being like, what the hell? what the hell is going on? Like, I don't like, and this is in a public place. Like, it's not like we've had any other connection and I'm just sitting there like, I don't understand why you're so excited. Like, I think you're a crazy person. And you're just kind of sitting watching this all go down. And I'm like, I was really, really kind of lost. And so like, I, I like, I do think that these kinds of um, situations uh, happen that way, but I don't think you get to recognize it as such like a connection eventually, unless you've been doing your work for a really long period of time um, on yourself. And so I feel like people might meet like a soulmate or their twin um, much earlier uh, in their journey mm-hmm. and then they're kind of like this person is freaking out of their mind and crazy or a narcissist and so therefore I'm never going to talk to them again and that's not well, the point but I think it happens a lot yeah I think a lot of people um because I think with soulmates and twin flame relationships uh they come about in really um for lack of a better way of saying this peculiar or like kind of shocking or kind of abnormal ways and it doesn't fit into the normal construct of how people approach each other so then you get weirded out and think that person's crazy you're like oh my god that who's that weirdo like why don't they leave me alone (laughs) why are they looking at me or why they just come out of up to me out of the blue like what do they want yeah like we're just so ingrained to like what do you want what are you doing here that we don't go huh this is really interesting why did someone just like single me out and like head straight towards me Um, And of course, there are, you know, weird situations out there that you want to stay away from. But like, a lot of the times, the person's like, totally normal, they're even acting out of character, and they don't even understand why they're acting this way, but they're just drawn. And instead of going, hey, look, there's a moment here, we go, ah, it's weird. Yeah, I think we sat there after my, like, this, like, meeting kind of, like, being like I don't understand what just happened (laughs) and then and this has been going on and like eventually like the whole story won't be told but like you are the one who's like well maybe maybe he's your twin and I'm like no and then it's like it's clear it's clear that it's happening but um but that speaks more to my own personal journey of like this like idea in my head of like who I thought like I would end up with and like going through the process of so many karmic relationships and you know heartbreak and having to heal broken heart and like meeting a bunch of people and not understanding why I'm meeting a whole bunch of people um and then like just having like weird um just weird situations (laughs) um and it's you know been very helpful to have like a spiritual practice so that you can just sit with it and not react because I think so many people just react negatively and aren't open to connections or just being curious 
like you were alluding to that like we miss opportunities <laughs> yeah and, and and again this is not to like make anyone feel bad I don't want anyone to start going oh my god did I miss it did I miss it did I miss it like it's okay when it's meant it'll come back around like don't worry like don't stress yourselves out right but it's just something to take into further future interactions of like hey what's going on here take a moment take a breath you know go to the restroom, process it for a second, come, you know, come back into the situation before you just like excommunicate everyone that, you know, talked to you because they actually (laughs) talked to you, right? Like we just get so weirded out that someone wants to come say hi sometimes, especially the more technologically world, technological world we get sucked into. It's like, who who are you? Yeah. (laughs) What's your profile? I haven't seen your profile picture yet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, the concept of a twin flame in comparison to a soulmate really is not about that person embodying, you know, your happily ever after that it's like it, it is supposed to be a spiritual connection because you're supposed to, if if reunion's supposed to happen, I guess in this lifetime, we haven't talked about, you know, you know past mm-hmm. lives and whether or not people believe in that, but spiritually that you know it just does not happen for everyone and that it's a really difficult relationship to sustain as a long-term um relationship because just energetically um it's a little a little out of control and not everyone can handle that and um that intensity yeah so it's like we were you listened to a very interesting podcast that you passed on and you know, it's like uh, one thing that was great about it was like, it's like, be careful what you're calling into what you want, right? So it's like, this is the same notion of people go, be careful what you wish for, like, be careful of your wording and stuff. Like, be careful of wishing for it. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's great. Um, but it's, it's work. It's triggering. It's if you want to coast and chill it is not the relationship to call into um your process right now it's very triggering it it brings up everything like it brings up all of your stuff all of kind of the ways you've turned to be because of the things that have already happened and you kind of go oh so that's where that's coming from oh and then you're doing it and you're have the responsibility of kind of not um answering to another person but being seen by another person while it's happening so it's not like you get to go into your little you know room or your cave and go process it alone you're like oh I'm here with someone else and owning my stuff and they're pushing my buttons and you know it's not a cute song but sing that's fine if you want to no, have like a karaoke really break okay <laughs> just like you know uh so it's 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 not what we thought like it's not what I you know when I got married I was like okay so it's all gonna be fine now right like everything's you know you found your person you you know go do these things that everyone else has done and yes there'll be problems you'll have conflicts but you know you have your other your other set you're good the whole set of china's here nothing's broken we're good and then you're like all of a sudden, all the plates go, not literally, but <laughs> the plates go missing. They're, they're, they're flying. They're chipped. You're like, my set of china isn't complete anymore. What is happening? <laughs> I can't find my fork, you know? Um, I don't know if that made it. No, it totally does. Like, it totally does because it's kind of like we just envision life and relationships and dating as the point of getting to marriage. But then no one talks about, like, what happens when you get married. And I like the concept of the twin flame. We are not really discussing, like, what that 
like what that is, that that is like, you have a desire to dig so deep into your self subconscious to like do some serious, like traumatic healing work that's going to leave you on the floor crying by yourself, like many nights and like healing and physically Mm -hmm. healing and going through that process, because like, that's what you feel called to do and do in this life. But like, we think it's calling in like this, like beautiful, just like, you know, magical unicorn is just going to come and make us happy and bring us flowers and do whatever. And then you're like, this is not what this energy is about at all. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. I was like, where are the flowers? Like literally like where, like, I don't understand what's happening. And I remember, you know, being in conflict one day and just going, wow, I'm in a fight right now. And I'm totally not, it's not me fighting. It's like my four-year-old self fighting. And I'm like, and I look and I'm like, I think your four-year-old self is fighting too right now. And I was like, oh my God, like it just brings up all that stuff. Like you hear a lot, I've heard a lot about um, people like, oh, things change when you're married. It's different. I'm like, but no one's ever really talked to that, right? They just kind of say it's different. And so I was curious about that going into marriage and when getting married, um, the love didn't change or commitment didn't change. Like all of a sudden I wouldn't feel more committed, but what changes is that um, for me, at least my experience is it does you, when you bring in that family, if you have any kind of family childhood stuff that you need to work through, it really will um, bring that back up and (laughs) you'll be confronted with, um, with that a lot, whatever your relationship was with your parents or is with your parents or was with your parents when you're at that age or those ages growing up. And what their relationship was, it, it just it just comes into the family. Uh, so that was I was like, oh, so I think the thing for me, I would say when people say, oh, marriage changes, and other people are like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like marriage changes things. It's it changes like even if you're not thinking about it, there's a tie now, and that tie makes it family, literally family. Not saying, and I don't want to say that anyone who's in a long-term loving relationship isn't family or anything like that. So being clear but there's something another loop that just kind of gets threaded through and kind of brings you into that and there's many ways to have a marriage so yeah if you're in a long-term loving relationship you may have that as well because you've kind of engaged in that um commitment with each other so yeah it's very just it's digging it's like all of a sudden you're like I thought we were building a pretty house and all of a sudden you're like why am I standing at the bottom of a pit I don't understand what's happening (laughs) and then your natural inclination is like this is not right I have to go and then you're like no there's some work to be done here we must build the house (laughs) we can't leave the house can't leave a hole in the ground for the neighborhood (laughs) no and I find it really fascinating it's like we do so much blaming so like we blame men for being commitment phobic we blame like people for being emotionally avoidant we blame them for being narcissistic and in reality it's like well, of course, there's going to be two sides of a spectrum, right? So we have a narcissist, mm-hmm. and we're going to have someone who's the opposite, like super empathic, and probably what we call an empath. We have someone emotionally mm-hmm. avoidant, then we have someone really emotionally anxious. Like, it's always two sides of the spectrum. Why? Because that's where the healing happens. If you can be consciously aware that like, you have to move your own, you know, kind of healing to the middle of that spectrum in order for the dynamic to shift. So, so true. Like, you know, you think it's like, it's almost like going back to, oh, opposites attract, right? Like, there's kind of like a reason someone thought of that one day and that always comes up, but no one really went, hmm, 
why like they you know they have in some way but not maybe to the soul level of like why do opposites attract it's because it's like that completion of you it's like that whole like if you have a whole soul and half of it is gone <laughs> or missing or you know not to put it that way but half of it's like looking for the other it's like looking for the other thing like for example I am I am talkative I am social uh I can be very loud I will admit to that <laughs> and, <laughs> my husband is quiet and can be very silent and and things like that and for example on the surface of that you know I can go why are you talking like what's wrong what's you know it's like there's nothing wrong it's just that's him that's his journey and if we were both really loud and talkative and rambunctious I don't know if that would work (laughs) no it'd be crazy making it's like usually what happens and then like you know Mm -hmm. then you become like the cases that I worked with like 10 years ago in my divorce (laughs) practice it's not cute but you know we always you know it's not that we joke but in order to survive doing that kind of work as a mental health professional you always know the clients that come in that have like a very deep probably soul level connection to Mm. work with someone in the divorce field because it's like the level of hatred for each other at that point um it's like Mm. if you flip it around was like that's how like much love with each other they uh, were when they like first got together and it's usually you just feel and can kind of assess and just at an emotional level and maybe at a soul level like we're just like not that far down like the path of learning and so we don't understand what is going on but I've definitely have had clients it's like you can almost like predict if the like level of hatred is super high then like five years from now they might actually get back together if they go um and do their own their own work so that the mm. dynamic dynamic shifts but we don't like to think about doing our own work um which is wonderful that the universe created this like concept of a twin flame to kind of force you <laughs> force you to go do it because you really don't have a choice when that kind of energy gets mm. activated um, because whether you see them or not like you're connected and it's being done and purpose it's happening yeah <laughs> it's happening mm-hmm. yeah um no absolutely uh it's and it's like people forget that big emotion there's a very fine line between love and hate right it's like emotion is emotion it's like it's not a concrete thing it's not like here's a mat here's a table so the shifts in it are very subtle but extreme and so something also you know, to remember when you're at conflict with someone is like, okay, as mad as I am right now, how do I get to that much love? Yeah, I mean, I, I think these relationships really are, it's the only way to learn about the concept of unconditional love, right? Because I, I just mm-hmm. like, feel like for the majority of people in the world, it's probably over 50% after Corona, Lord knows what the statistics <laughs> are going to be. But most people have, most people have trauma, and we call it relational trauma in their life and so the majority of people who had really grounded loving relationships with you know both parents or you know hopefully one parent is actually statistically pretty low um there's Mm -hmm. just so much you know we've we're just starting to talk about like trauma that the only way 
to kind of heal any of that would be as an adult to end up in a relationship where you're kind of forced to face and mirror um, those wounds so that you're forced to heal them and so that you can learn like what unconditional love is. And that's kind of, in my opinion, like what the purpose of long-term relationships and marriage is supposed to be about. Yeah. And then, and like, that's a, a good, um, point to come back to is that that's why like sometimes when you want to flee a relationship or a situation whether it's your karmic your soulmate your twin flame like it behooves you to see if there's some work that's safe for you to do in it and a perspective you can take on or another layer you can build of yourself um, rather than jumping ship and you know, like you've said, you said marriage, it's such a commitment. And I think we're just taught that, okay, no matter, like we've gotten so much freedom and we have this idea of so much freedom and choice that we're like, but anything's our choice. So I can still get married and I can still get divorced. Absolutely. But maybe that's not the next step. Maybe it's, have we really done the work here? You know, like when I got married, I really took that seriously. Like you're marrying this person forever or for this lifetime, not to get into <laughs> the tangent of past lives and future lives. But um, it's like you take that seriously. So you have to sit with yourself and really be like, am I jumping ship just because like I don't want to do the work and I don't want to face what I have to face? And maybe you're not ready to do that. And that's okay. There's no no right or wrong here. There's no bad. Um um, maybe there's, you know, like a breath you have to take and I'm going, okay, I don't want to admit that even if I see the other person is wrong, there's something here I could learn and alter um, about the way I present in the world and present with others or present to others. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it just, I think it's, a, it's definitely a learning process, but I think it's also when you kind of get to this, you know, level of you know, your personal journey, you start to realize that you actually don't need to be looking for these people. And we actually don't, they like, you know, what I think like technology is really good for online dating. It's like meeting those karmic relationships that you're going to do some short-term work with, but your mm -hmm. twin flame, like if that's supposed to happen, like you're going to meet them in person. You do not need Tinder to do that. Yeah. It's like your soul will take care of that. You just take care of, and we've, we talked about this, me and you, um, you take care of doing your work and learning what you need to learn with the people that come up in your path and the people you encounter and just, you know, becoming an enhanced or a better version of yourself. Nothing wrong with who you are now, but we all have learning and growing to do. Don't worry about finding the ideal. It'll come. Everyone, I've been, almost like everyone I've met or known who met their person, it just happens on this off like it's seemingly off chance moment right um it's not like i hunkered down and i <laughs> really searched and i read the encyclopedia encyclopedia of all the relationships in the world and I, I found my way but you know so yeah learn date grow um don't force yourself to find perfection because first of all it doesn't exist um and second of all, that next person that's met, that, that, that'll come. 
it's interesting. That'll come when it's yeah, and you know, and even for my friends that have gotten married off of meeting someone online, it's it was still the same process. It was kind of like they had a first date, something was off. I have a very, I have a very good friend who recently, in the past couple of years, got married to someone seven years younger than her, um, and so mm-hmm. the age was like an issue because she just didn't think he was serious and then I was actually staying at her place for her like with her when I was transitioning back to New York I was like how was your first date and she's like oh, it's okay and I was like oh okay well what happened and she's like I don't know like it was a good day and we had a good time she's like but he's like short <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like well do you have three red flags like you know is he insensitive or is there something you know weird and she's like no and I'm like so you're going to go on the second date. And it was almost like pulling like or pushing her to go do something she didn't want to do, which would be the same. Like if you meet your twin or her soulmate and in real life, you're probably going to have the same conversation with a girlfriend because you're like something you're not sure to trust your intuition sometimes. But yeah, it's like it, it was like one more date which happened in person. And then, you know, by like a month later, she's like, this is you know, I think this is the right person for me. So even, mm-hmm. even if it like does happen, like online, you still have to commit to like the process and your girlfriends probably have to push you to you know, go out and experience it. Like you can't, you know, circum- circumnavigate or circumvent um, the experience mm-hmm. piece. Yeah. And it, it, absolutely. It's, it, it'll, it'll come find you and you'll have to do, it's like, there's no shortcuts. Um, even if, like you said, you're online and scrolling and stuff, when you meet that person, you still have to meet that person. You still have to kind of be triggered or offset or kind of like, I don't know. Um, and the journey will go. Uh, it was interesting when I met my husband, he had texted me the next day and asked me to go to this thing. So I was a jaded New Yorker and thought that, this text he sent me to come join him uh, wherever was just like, you know, kind of like just a throwaway. And my friends were like, yeah, yeah, it's not serious. It's not serious. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, I'm like out, you know, talk to you some other time or whatever I said. And then I didn't hear from him. And I remember four days later telling a friend, I think I really messed up. I think I met like a really good person in my mind I couldn't rally around why this was rattling me so much I was like no I messed up I messed up I was like it was like causing this like kind of like a little bit of like anxiety I was like I don't know how to fix it I don't know you know like a normal person maybe would have texted them back or something or texted and said hi I was like I can't do that a New Yorker you don't you know messed up you just pretend it didn't happen and then he had texted again a few like a week and a half later and had asked me out and that's how that went so it was very like we didn't have like a super rattly first interaction but it was like you know noticing each other and then like kind of going that that can't be it like blowing it off (laughs) like but like somehow our souls were like we're just gonna speed this up we're just gonna keep going (laughs) stay on track (laughs) no it's like it's fast it really it really is fascinating because I remember I think you were traveling in January like right after we had met my twin and you were traveling Mm -hmm. and weren't there and it was like my intuition and soul kept telling me to go back to this particular place over and over again like I knew like we had made it like our coffee place and like, it was kind of the place that I was like 
you know, kind of co-working by myself, but like, I don't usually normally obsessively go back <laughs> to the place <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, why am I like, why, like, why am I going back? And why am I going back? And, you know, at this point in my life, like I trust my intuition, but if this had happened 10 years ago, like I probably would have second guessed it. But when you get to your pl- like point where you trust yourself, then like things start to happen. And I kept going back because my soul was like trying to get in touch with him so we could exchange contact information. But like I wasn't consciously aware that was going on. And I've definitely had that experience in um, a couple of times, you know, and I would say in more like soulmate types of relationships where you meet them in person and don't always connect right away. Or if you do, there's like a weird, something weird happens. And then Mm -hmm. like you, you reconnect, like that definitely happens with my college boyfriends. Like, so I feel like the dating industry has caused so much extra anxiety with online dating and doing your profile and, you know, making sure you're texting the right way. And like, what do you say? And like, what do you do? What do you wear? And I'm just like, this point having done this work with clients i'm just like we all just need to like chill chill out like i don't understand why we put so much pressure yeah, on ourselves it's like, yeah it's like when it's that person and when you're kind of meant to engage in some way it just happens no matter like you said what you're wearing what you're doing it doesn't matter if you met on the street it doesn't matter if you met in a bookstore it doesn't matter if you met in a coffee shop Um, when you do come in, what I would say to people is just be mindful of the impression someone leave. When you have a brief interaction with someone or you have like a kind of like a peculiar interaction with someone that's like out of the norm, just like it's impressions because those people we're meant to interact with leave impressions. It's kind of just like a little... Yeah, I'm sorry. I just no, cut you off. No, but, no, no, no. But I kind of wanted to tie it, tie it as we begin to wrap up to, like, to the fact that you're a yoga instructor. We had you on for a first ent- episode to talk about Tantra. But I, I think that part of the problem with just dating is yeah. that they connection. So they are just screening with their minds. And when you screen with your mind, you're going to make a mistake because you're not going to feel in your heart centered mm-hmm. that this might be someone that you should actually just be open to, you know, exploring something, exploring something with. And I think when I started taking yoga more seriously um, and started actually feeling things in my body, I was able to screen out um, some probably damaging people mm-hmm. out of my life pretty quickly because you don't feel, you don't get activated like anywhere in your body. Um with those people, but they will still like, they will seek you out, but like you have to make discerning decisions. I think that's probably where people are really struggling. No, absolutely. It's like our bodies will tell us you'll, you'll get the red alert when you need to walk away and you'll get the, Hmm, there's something kind of interesting here. (laughs) What's going on. Um, So really connecting to our bodies. And like you said, yoga is such a good way. Meditation anything that kind of just makes you go like, what's my knee feel like? That's like a great place to start. Well, thank you so much, Sama. I really just really appreciate your wisdom and your guidance and for your openness of sharing kind of your personal relationship. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's just a pleasure as always um, to be in the presence of your intelligence and intuition and wisdom and to uh, have these conversations. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Crystal Talk. 
As always, please consult your medical professionals or your mental health professionals um, as the purpose of this uh, podcast is for informational purposes only. If you have any questions or concerns, or if you simply have some ideas about topics that you would like addressed, please go ahead and email me personally at jenniferatrapportrelationships.com. Thank you for listening. Please go and subscribe and please leave a review if you are feeling particularly inspired to do so. Thank you.